When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blogging Theology. Today, I'm delighted to talk to Dr. Hafer Jawad. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Assalamu alaikum to you. Uh, Dr. Hafer is an honorary senior lecturer at the University of Birmingham in the United Kingdom. She holds a PhD from the University of Exeter, also in the UK, and has held teaching positions at several academic institutions, including West Hill College, New College, uh, New England College, Trinity College in Dublin, and the University of Alabama. She focuses her research on the socio-political study of Islam and Muslims. And she's currently working on a project on the universal principles of the Quran related to gender. Today, Dr. Uh, Hafer will be discussing Islam and feminism, a very controversial subject in many ways. So would you like to introduce us to the subject? Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh... Uh, when when we talk about uh, Islam and feminism, it is really very difficult, uh, in my view, to combine the two uh, uh, terms, uh, primarily because they represent uh, two different perspectives. And hence, uh, when we mix them together, when we say uh, or uh, labels such as Islamic feminism or feminist Islam are really not correct, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to understand that, we will try and define the terms to show why these two terms are not really compatible. So, for example, when we talk about feminism, what is feminism? Mm -hmm. uh, in, in general, feminism is a human ideology, while Islam is called by Muslims as a deen, uh, revealed religion. And as such, there's a difference between the notion of ideology and the principle of revealed religion. Mm. Uh, ideology uh, uh, signifies much more the efforts of individuals to formulate values with a view to establishing a system 
and on the basis of reason and aided by revelation. Whereas al-deen or Islam, as we say it, uh, is a far more comprehensive term, uh, describing the totality of life and implying a primary orientation towards the divine as the source of final authority. And as such, to talk of a religious ideology, such as feminist Islam or Islamic feminism, is thus a fundamental contradiction in terms of, and betrays in reality a confusion, uh, a confusion as to what religion is in its essence. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Which is, of course, divine revelation. Right. Interesting. When we talk about feminism and gender issues, uh, uh, there are, historically speaking, uh, three movements that have dealt with gender in Islam or women in Islam. And these are uh, Western feminism, secular feminism, I call them, and Islamic fem feminism. And these, these three movements in general, they tend to claim that they provide alternative universal models that are contemporary and opposed to the traditional Quranic Islamic model, mm. which they say is, is patriarchal and out of date. Mm. And as such, these actually movements have had negative impact in general on the overall position of Muslim women by distorting, in my opinion, and confusing the authentic position of genders in the Quran and by extension Islam. Mm. And hence the aim here is to give a critique of these tendencies that are predominantly secular, modernist, to gender discourse in comparison with the traditional Islamic uh, approach. Let's start with Western feminist uh, uh, approach or, or Western feminism in general. It is, this movement is, is a predominantly ethno-eurocentric uh, uh, movement in its approach. So if I could just cover by ethno-eurocentric, you mean it has its origins obviously in Europe, physically in Europe, in presumably France, yes. Germany, England, uh, and later in the United States, uh, and, and it comes in that part of the world. So it's not really universal. It's it's very specific to a particular part of the world and its culture and its history. Is that would that be fair? Yes, and then it actually spread to the rest of the world, including right. the Muslim world. But originally, as you said, rightly speaking, predominantly, you know, sort of in England, Europe and America, and then after that, uh, to the rest of the world, including the Muslim world. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, this movement wouldn't continue to look uh, at Islam among other religions as patriarchal and anti-women. And in general, this movement is unable, in my opinion, or unwilling to really understand the philosophy uh, of Islam on women's rights and the relationship between men and women in society. Mm. It was and continues to lump Muslim women into one large group mm. and then view them as homogeneous leaving aside the geographical, political, socio-cultural, theological and historical factors that really shape their lives in different parts of the world. In other words, all these issues are not really taken into consideration and they in one way or another affect the position of Muslim women right throughout uh, uh, the Muslim world, so they have to be taken into consideration. They do not take, they just put them together and they say Muslim women such and such. And that, that, that's just quite quite a, an essentializing or patronizing approach, isn't it? To lump together um, all these diverse uh, uh, groups of people from different cultures and backgrounds, as you say, and, and just label them you know, uh, Muslim women is it, 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 really quite reductionist and essentializing in a way that doesn't acknowledge the, the dignity and diversity, as I say, of people. And uh, that, that, that's quite a um, quite a negative um, thing you're saying now, I think. Yeah, indeed. One of the major weaknesses of this movement, they don't do that, for example, with Christianity or, you know, sort of, or, or, or Judaism, but in particularly they, they, they focus on Islam in this context, and hence this is a major weakness in their um, uh, approach. And uh, although there are some problems uh, uh, facing Muslim women, but these challenges really, when we look at the situation of Muslim women, come from social attitudes related to gender issues rather than from Islam per se, mm. in my view. Mm. And this issue is by no means uh, confined to Islam. Other religions have the same uh, problems. Nonetheless, Western feminists tend to focus predominantly on gender in Islam and overlook the oppressive situation of genders in other religions. So so what, why do you, sorry to interrupt, but what, why do Western feminists then from this particular part of the planet, you know, Europe and perhaps America, why, why are they so fixated and obsessed seemingly by Muslims uh, and Islam? What, what, what's going on there? Is, is this because of the the... You know, the long-term civilizational divide between the West and the Muslim world. Is, it, is, is that why it does that? Or are there other reasons why they're so fixated on Muslims and Islam? Uh, I, I, I guess, uh, uh, and we will mention uh, that uh, later on, it's, 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 to do, it's to do with colonization, images of uh, colonial powers, and uh, the view of the relationship uh, between men and women in Islam. Uh, a sense of uh, uh, cultural superiority in comparison, oh. you know, and we will mention that in, okay. in the process. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay, this uh, this group or this movement in general tend to analyze the position of Muslim women in absolutely objective, inverted comma, terms, in ostensibly 
uh, rather objective terms while allowing their own cultural prejudices to fashion the lens through which they view and distort, thus distort the spiritual and social dimensions of Islam. When we look at their methodology, it must be understood in the context of the social science approach, which in general abandons religion as a, an mm. instrument of analysis. So they, they really don't take into consideration the role of religion or the importance of religion, and in this context, Islam. And mm. as such, when we look at their research on Muslim women, uh, we see that they tend to analyze uh, it uh, or analyze the position of Muslim women in socio-economic and political terms, ignoring in one way or another the relevance of Islam as an, ident as an issue of identity to Muslim women who tend to be predominantly comfortable with their religious identities. So most Muslim women you know, are comfortable with with being Muslims mm -hmm. and with, their, with you know with with religious or Islamic identities. But the Western feminists they really ignore that and they never take that into consideration when they assess and when they research. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. the position of Muslim, of women in Islam. That's interesting. If I, if I may say, just going back to, to that, it seems that um, that approach, um, uh, where you say that Muslim women, uh, research on Muslim women, uh, tend to analyse it in socio-economic and political terms. That reminds me quite much a, a lot of a Marxist kind of materialist methodology, where discounting religion as uh, a, a serious existential identitarian reality and reducing everything uh, as you say there to economic and social uh, or political structures um, but of course this overlooks as you say the the, the uh, Muslim women as women as human beings identifying with faith uh, which is essential to their existence to their deen their whole life um, but it's, it's been reduced to these kind of western post-enlightenment materialist categories 
which uh, uh, Marxism obviously is, is the supreme example of that, and thus missing the point. I think that's what you're trying to say, isn't it? They're they're not actually grasping with the the, the profound meaning that uh, uh, Islam gives to people's lives. And I just know, I'll just finally in in, in this that uh, I was told recently that uh, most converts to Islam in the United Kingdom are women. Actually, um, they're not men, and th yeah. and, this, and and this shows that. Uh, uh, Islam has a, enormous appeal to uh, often very intelligent, mature women who, who freely embrace uh, this extraordinary faith. So anyway, just wanted to share yes, that. Yes, it is important, especially with regard to the spiritual aspect of Islam, the meaning, you know, that Islam gives to life and to women in this context, not only purely materialism. It, it's the whole concept of, you know, modern and postmodern ideologies, which is based mm -hmm. on, you know, materialism, that if you achieve materialism, if you become a high sky uh, person, if you uh, own uh, bigger properties and etc then you will be happy leaving aside the spiritual vacuums which materialism usually has created and hence a lot of people you know and among them women tend to look for a meaning in life and the meaning comes from the spiritual side of the faith in this context islam absolutely thank you all right, there are approach as well, as I just mentioned, it's colored and shaped by the colonial images of the male-female relationship in Islam, which in one way or another underpins a sense of superiority in Western culture and the inferiority of Eastern, especially Muslim culture. So, so that that is their approach in one way or another is uh, is being uh, their approach to Islam is being affected uh, uh, by this uh, mentality, a sense of cultural superiority, and this sense of superiority advocates that Muslim women need to be liberated from Islam, mm -hmm. and to be liberated means that they have to cast off everything Islamic and adopt a Western way of life. Mm. We see, I, I, see the, I see this particularly in France, by the way, where I spend a lot of my time. It, it's uh, that, that, that what you've just said there, you know, it, it's just exactly what I see in the political uh, social uh, discourse in, in the French Republic all the time. Yes, it is. And in, as such, what, what did they do actually, which is essential, is that they they applauded and they accepted and uh, uh, the so-called, I call them secular Muslim feminists right. who have managed in way, we're going to talk about secular Muslim feminists later on, but they accepted them, they applauded them. Uh, because they thought that all oh, they they managed to get rid of their inverted comma her, uh, horrific religious heritage, and they what did they do as well apart from they accepting them and applauded them? They offered them a platform to express their views, which we will mention uh, later on. Uh, but women who disagree with their approach are accused of caving into patriarchal and they accuse them of working against feminists who according to them struggled uh, to advance women's rights so yeah. those who agree with them they accept them they give them a, a platform to express their views while those who disagree with them 
actually accuse them of being uh, caving into patriarchal, conservative, um, backward, and they were really, they denied, they were not allowed to have a platform to argue uh, their case. Mm -hmm. And as, as a result of that, this approach in general has alienated uh, many Muslim women uh, from taking seriously the views of Western feminists. They really never, uh, particularly those women who are keen to keep their Islamic identities, mm -hmm. uh, were and are unhappy with Western feminist approach and they, they think that in one way uh, uh, and another uh, uh, alien to traditional Islam. Mm. We'll move on to the secular Muslim Islamic feminists. Uh, 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 these are the other two uh, feminist movements that have dealt with gender uh, issues in Islam or women in Islam. Uh, the first one, I label them secular Muslim feminist, uh, feminism, and the second is called Islamic feminism. Mm. And really the main difference between the two is the methodology and the ideology they follow in relations to gender issues in Islam. Mm. They are Muslims, both of them, but the methodology they adopted differs, and we will talk about that in a, in a minute. Historically speaking, secular feminism emerged in the Muslim world uh, and uh, was and still uh, is regarded as one of the pioneering brands in the Muslim uh, area. From the beginning, they identified themselves with Western secular tendencies in society. Predominantly, the tendencies of the upper and upper middle classes, that is in Muslim countries. Oh. And this movement gained strength and momentum in post-colonial era and dominated the political scene in many parts of the Muslim world for some time mainly because the dominant political discourse in the post-colonial era was uh, secular nationalist and hence in tune with what they were looking for. And this movement or discourse adopted in general the notion of granting women rights and reform along European lines. While Muslim themselves, they regard Islam as a purely cultural phenomenon. Gosh. And their ideological orientation is a predominantly secular, modern, and hence a treat to the subject of women in Islam or gender in Islam, not from the Islamic worldview, but from that of modern Western thought. And most of them are really, in one way or another, openly opposed to any role of Islam in the domain of gender relations. And some of them even questioned the authority of the Quran. Gosh. Mm. And this form of feminism was and continues 
to be seen as part of a secular nationalist ideology, which was associated in the Muslim world with failure, defeat, and betrayal, and hence it lacks authenticities, at least from a Muslim woman perspective. I mean, this, if I could just pop in there, often in the West, we don't, for in many people in the West, secularism, like in France, obviously, and, and America and so on, is seen as a good thing and it's prized and extolled in the public realm. But in the Muslim world, the experience of secularism is very, very different, isn't it? It's, it's one of oppression, colonialism. It's one of alien ideologies coming in, seeking to redefine or tell people what they should believe uh, from outside. And it's a very different experience, isn't it, in the Muslim world? And so that's why... Uh, most Muslim people are not rushing to accept secularism because of their very bad experience of it. Would that be crude but fair? Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, uh, not only the uh, the bad experience of expi uh, of uh, colonialism, but also the post-colonial era where all the nationalist leaders were in in general uh, secular and nationalist. They actually right. they didn't give the Muslim world anything but defeat, betrayal, and you know, sort of uh, 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 major problems. Uh, and as such. Uh, you know the uh, the failure of the nationalist uh, uh, secularist uh, uh, in the Muslim world is there lingering in the mind of the Muslims, uh, and because of the organic association of this movement, which is secular feminism, with the uh, secular nationalist ideologies that emerged in post-colonial era, then the Muslim world look at this, you know, and say, oh, no, no, we don't want them because they didn't give us but failure, defeat and betrayal. Mm -hmm. And they look at them as well that they are not authentic because they adopted Western modern uh, approach rather than Islamic approach. And of course, contrasting that with the example of the Prophet Muhammad upon whom be peace, who's a very noble example of, of humanity, the best of humanity with his, his treatment of women, of course, and other people. Um, there's no competition, is there? So, you know, obviously a human being will be attracted to that noble example rather than the, as you say, the defeat and betrayal and disappointment of the secular ideologies. Indeed. And as a result of that, as I said, they have alienated large sections of Muslim women and men anyway. Right. Apart from that, the, the advocates of uh, this form of feminism, their really credentials are questioned because uh, the majority of them were and are not theologically qualified to pass or to make a theological ju judgment on the question of gender in the Quran. Right. And in reality, most of them, if not all of them, are very often either sociologists, anthropologists, or political scientists, or even medical doctors like Nawal, former Nawal Sadawi, uh, putting them in one way or another in no really credible position to comment on theological issues. This is very crucial because how could, for example, one who do not who is not qualified theologically speaking to really talk about you know sort of women in the Quran or in the Sunnah or it's or in Islamic thought. Uh, so their credentials are really questioned, and consequently. Uh, a lot of Muslim women 
and men do not uh, take their judgments uh, into consideration as a result of their academic credentials. Understandably, I suppose, yeah. All right. This form of, you know, sort of uh, uh, movement in recent years have uh, came under heavy pressure and indeed it has created what they call it a backlash since it alienated uh, 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 large sections of uh, Muslim men and women who really want a change, as I said, but not at the expense of their Islamic identities. And hence, it's a specific impact, despite the fact that it emerged in after the post-colonial era, but mm. really uh, uh, and became popular in the West. Uh, in the Muslim world, uh, their impact has been very specific, primarily mm. because of what we said uh, uh, just now, uh, that they adopted their approach, uh, uh, modernist, secularist approach. Uh, they oppose Islam in one way or another. Uh, they regard Islam as purely uh, cultural could be changed here and there, the way we like it, the way we don't like it. Uh, uh, and as such, as I said, its impact has been very limited. Uh, but having said that, however, this movement is still active in parts of the Muslim world and has followers among predominantly secular sections of Muslim uh, society. So, uh, um, secularism is still uh, important in parts of the Muslim world, and consequently, those sections uh, do uh, uh, accept um, uh, uh, what they advocate in this context regarding uh, women in Islam. Mm -hmm. All right, well, this, as I said, uh, we'll move now into uh, the other form of feminism, which I call it Islamic feminism. And historically speaking, this uh, movement is actually uh, started in the 19th centuries when we are told voices were raised concerning women's situation. But uh, those voices were suppressed for political religious reasons. Mm. But the movement re-emerged in the 70s. Right. Primarily because of the emergence of so-called political Islam or Islamism, which was in general hostile to women's rights when they emerged, really. But then later on gained momentum because of uh, uh, certain reasons, among them United Nations Decade of Women in 1975 with emphasis on the rights of women to have education and to play a role in public life. And of course, there was emphasis on the position of women in, this, in that context. So that actually gave them momentum. Then the impact of the so-called globalization, which led some Muslim to rethink of Muslims' situations in uh, 
the light of the modern reality. So westernization or globalization spread right throughout the world. And within that context, some Muslim uh, men and women started to rethink uh, uh, the, the position of Muslim women uh, in light of the modern reality. Mm. Uh, another reason which gave momentum to Islamic feminism is actually what they call it the limitation of secular feminism, which we talked about uh, uh, just now. The impact of secular uh, feminism was really very specific and limited, and that paved way, uh, the way for Islamic feminism to take over in a way uh, and to start affect uh, 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 the views of uh, women in some Muslim uh, countries and the diaspora. Another reason which gave momentum to Islamic feminism is the work of diasporic Muslim women, both seculars uh, and activists. A lot of, in reality, diasporic Muslim women in Europe and in, in America in particular played and continue to play a major role in this uh, in the uh, you know in in this issue in the context of Muslim women and uh, Islam and Islamic feminism mm. another um, reason that gave momentum to Islamic feminism, the emergence of the Islamic feminism, is yeah. the impact of September 11 attacks. Mm. Uh, after, the, uh, after the attacks, there was in one way or another a heightened interest in Islam, Muslim people, and Islamic feminism. And as such, a link was established between Muslim women, especially veiled one, and terrorist violence. Uh, and Western media at that time started to say that Muslim, uh, especially Muslim fundamentalists, they oppress women. And as a result of that, Muslim women need to be liberated. And that actually, that was one of the, uh, the reasons um, or justifications presented by George Bush and. Yeah. His, his group uh, that we need to go to Afghanistan to liberate yeah. Afghani women because, yeah, they, yeah because I've, they, I've often heard people, uh, particularly Christians, uh, say in, in this country, in Britain, you know, quite liberal, lefty, well-meaning Christians say, yeah, we need to be in Afghanistan, we need to invade the country to liberate Muslim women. And, you know, these people didn't know anything about Afghanistan, but they, 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 they tended to agree with the neocon uh, Bush administration in this. So ironically, you had a right-left uh, alliance, actually, for a brief time anyway, uh, mm -hmm. about the invasion of Muslim countries, not just Afghanistan, of course, uh, Iraq as well, and Libya, and the list is quite long. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. And as a result of that, what did they do? The, the plight really of Muslim women was started to be used to reinforce yeah. the thesis of the class of civilizations that really Muslim women are oppressed because of Islam and Muslim fundamentalists. And we as uh, the West, you know, we have you know, so a civilized uh, people, and we usually liberate women, and consequently, the thesis of the, the class of civilizations uh, were really employed uh, in this context. 
Uh, When we look at Islamic feminism, let's just see what approach they they have and whether really in reality reflects genuine Islamic tradition uh, 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 with regard to genders in Islam. So this really uh, brand of feminism claims, at least uh, verbally, that it is authentic uh, on the basis that it works within the context of the Islamic framework. So they said, oh, well, we are totally different from some secular uh, Muslims because we look at the Quran and Hadith and Islamic law. So we look within the context of Islamic framework. Mm. And uh, uh, they said that we wanted to reinterpret Islamic religious texts, mainly the Quran, from inverted comma, a women-friendly perspective. And as such, they, their aim is to establish what they call it modern fiqh nisa or a jurisprudence of women to deal with gender issues, on, uh, which is, of course, uh, essential in this context. And they justify this attempt, the attempt to reinterpret uh, Islamic sources, particularly the Quran, they justify it on the basis that uh, the traditional interpre- interpretations of Islamic sources are really patriarchal and biased against women. And they want to challenge them by giving their own interpretations on issues related to gender rights, especially those within the personal law of the Sharia. So they say the traditional Islamic interpretations are really patriarchal, you know, against women. You know, we can't, we can't, we can't accept them, uh, especially in light of modern reality. Let us try ourselves to look at the uh, uh, at Islamic texts and reinterpret them uh, uh, to give what they call it, uh, uh, a women-friendly interpretations of gender in Islam. And this uh, brand does not form, when we look at it in reality, a coherent group with a clear strategy, except really to criticize the traditional scholars. It is more or less fragmented with no proper coordination between the advocates. And sometimes they even contradict each other in their writings. And most of these uh, advocates, they really live in the Western world, in yes. Europe and in America. Uh, very few you could find them in the, uh, uh, in the Muslim world. Their approach in, in general is a modernist approach, which is again is a Western construct an alien in one way or another to traditional Islam and can easily lead, in my opinion, if it is if it is applied to the deconstruction of the holy text of Islam, especially the Quran, which is the focus of this brand of feminism. They, you know, sort of women such as Amina Wadud in general focus on the Quran and it tried to reinterpret that from uh, a modernist perspective and in my opinion this could lead in my uh, could lead l- later on if it continues 
to the deconstruction uh, of the text. Uh, and although they claim to work within the Islamic faith, their approach or methods, in my opinion, are in reality opposed to Islam uh, because it is a modernist Western approach. Mm -hmm. And hence, the potential damage they could do to the faith is really very apparent. It's more apparent than the damage the secular feminists could do to right. the faith because they work from within. within. The, yeah. the ideology, as you say, the ideology these so-called Islamic feminists are using is not indigenous to Islam. It doesn't come organically from Muslim or Islamic civilization, which is an incredibly rich uh, and vast corpus of, of uh, spiritualities and knowledge and so on. It comes from a Western tradition, which, as you've said, is, is profoundly anti-religious. It, it pushes religion and identity and spirituality out and focuses on, as you say, the socio-economic and political structures. So it's very it's a fundamental different paradigm that's operating here between, and they're trying to mix the two. They've got the Islamic paradigm and the modernist paradigm from the West, and they're trying to fuse them together. And you're saying it, it doesn't work and it does potential damage, as you say, to- It does, yeah, it does. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it does, in my opinion, lead to the deconstruction of the religion. Uh, as it happens with the Christianity anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, when, when they speak, um, you know, these uh, 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 secular uh, fem uh, Islamic feminists, when they speak uh, of their efforts to reform Islam, in my opinion, they seem they they are not aware of the difference between two essential things in the in this context. And the first one, revivalism or tajdeed, uh, which is uh, and and uh, uh, reform of islah. So, the, in my opinion, when uh, they they uh, they are not clear about these issues, because revivalism or uh, tajdeed. Uh, it's an Islamic uh, uh, concept and uh, traditionally and historically means the inner revival, revival of Islam from within uh, uh, and always associated with prominent uh, uh, mujaddidin such as Al-Ghazali and others. Yeah. While the latter, the reform of Islam is really purely uh, modern construct, uh, Western construct, uh, and has no Islamic origin whatsoever. Okay, so, so it influenced people like Germaine Greer, people like uh, uh, um, uh, Simone de Beauvoir, the, the partner of uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, she was heavily influenced, of course, by Karl Marx, by Marxism, as well as Sartre. So it's a very, very different um, source of ideology and ideas than the uh, it's not coming from within the Islam, it's coming from uh, antithetical ideologies that reject revelation because uh, secularism and Marxism are simply hostile and reject uh, revelation completely. So the question then is, how can you bring these two fundamentally different worldviews into connection with each other, in, in, into synthesis? And of course, you're saying they can't be. Imp uh, impossible, to be honest. And uh, whether they are aware of that or uh, or not, it's another matter. I 
I think in general, they are not aware of that. They might be uh, genuine, but really their approach is totally difficult approach and wrong approach. And consequently, they need to rethink their approach if they wanted to really achieve something good for uh, genders in Islam. Uh, uh, as I said, uh, they, they seem to be confused uh, and uh, unaware of the difference between revivalism and reform. And none, nonetheless, uh, the advocates of this form of feminism uh, uh, can't, be, can't be really in one way or another uh, labeled as, uh, uh, as theologians. So although they claim to work within the context of Islam and they use, they go to the Quran, they use the Hadith and etc. and they try to reinterpret re that, uh, we can't really in one way or another call them as proper theologians, in my opinion. When you look at them predominantly, they do not have deep Islamic knowledge that allow them to claim that they are the scholars of Quranic exegesis and therefore have the right to change the divine rules, to do some tafsir, uh, yeah. impossible to do so. And uh, I think in, uh, in general, they have no right as a result of that to change the divine rules. And uh, they have, as a result of that, borrowed heavily from Christian and Jewish feminist uh, theologies, mm. mainly liberation theologies. Yeah, which, is, which, which itself, by the way, is heavily borrowed from Marxism. Let's go back to that again. Liberation theology has its explicit roots in political liberation theology as well in Marxism. Indeed, you're right. <laughs> and uh, let's just see their approach. In their tools of analysis, they use Western feminist theories despite the, uh, the claim to do otherwise. And uh, they question, and we will talk about that later on, as a result of that, they question the relevance of the Sunnah and the law to modern life. And some even uh, advocated the abandonment of the Sunnah altogether and focus only on the Quran as we said, like Amina Wadud and the likes. And this is done really without an in-depth study of the importance of the Sunnah in the life of Muslims, and most importantly, on no organic, uh, no important studies on the organic relationship between the Quran and the Sunnah. Because, of course, without the Sunnah, it is impossible to apply the Quran in Muslim lives. Exactly. So when they focus on the Quran only and they abandon the Sunnah, they say the Sunnah is not relevant. They really, this is why I'm saying, they really are in one way or another paving the way to the deconstruction of the religion. The because the religion. they separate the Sunnah from the Quran. Exactly. And they do not, in my opinion, understand that there is organic relation, important relationship between the Quran and the Sunnah. For the Sunnah explains everything in the Quran, and we have to follow that as a result of that. So when you separate that, when you abandon that, you really left with the Quran, and the Quran 
can't help without the sunnah. Yeah. Uh, finally, there is also, when we talk about Islamic feminism, there is also the issue of the name of this brand. The majority of the proponents uh, of this movement describe themselves as feminists and Muslims. But based on what we discussed really earlier, how can they harmonize these two different understandings? Difficult, in my opinion, to really put them together, uh, to harmonize them. Why? Because as I said earlier, feminism is human-made ideology mm. that does not allow any bearing of religion on gender issues and between the divine revelation or al-deen as we say in Arabic that insists on the importance of Islam in defining the role and life of genders. So to put that together, it just, it just, it just crazy in my opinion. I think, I think what you're saying is, is so important there and, it, and it, uh, in, in my opinion it applies uh, way beyond the particular issues to do with so-called Islamic feminism uh, and, and Islam. Uh, often Western ideology um, itself uh, on any subject was in the sciences, in philosophy, in political discourse, um, rejects the metaphysical dimension of reality. It rejects revelation. It rejects God. So it's a, it really is a godless ideology all around um and we see its impact particularly in this kind of hybrid thing called islamic feminism this incompatibility as you say between these two different understandings but it's not just a question of ideology it's a whole metaphysical philosophical dimension uh missing in the west's conception it rejects god revelation metaphysics um and all that and, and that makes it very potentially toxic but also incompatible at the fundamental level um, and this is the problem. And, and so you, this idea of Islamic feminism seems very kind of, um, well, not unnatural, but a very awkward juxtaposition of ideologies, given their metaphysical differences. Unfortunately, but it, it, it has, it has uh, 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 become a prominent uh, movement, particularly really in the West. And uh, my concern is, of course, the impact of this uh, movement on young uh, women particularly in the west and even in the muslim world who you know uh, in one way or another it is uh, driving um, uh, them into a path of uh, uh, secular uh, way of life rather than traditional way of life which is essential and it respects women it has given uh, women uh, rights um, 14 centuries, and uh, maybe at certain stage we could talk about that, um, uh, about gender issues in Islam, uh, and then uh, compare it to feminism and how really Islamic feminism, in my opinion, is more uh, dangerous. It has potential uh, a threat to the religion than even Western feminism or secular feminism, as I said, because they deal with the Islamic uh, text. Uh, finally, my conclusion is that uh, there is no doubt 
that there are some problems facing Muslim women in most Muslim countries as well as in the diaspora. There's no doubt about that. And that in, there are uh, reasons behind that, uh, social, political, economic uh, reasons. Uh, not in my opinion, Islam per se. But in order to rectify the situation, uh, Muslims, in my opinion, they do not need to borrow foreign modes that do not fit them, or they try to change or bend the divine principles to try and say, oh, well, let's just move, improve the situation of Muslim women, particularly in modern life. Rather, in my opinion, is to practice genuinely Islamic principles that are universal and suit the nature, the fitra of the male and the female primarily, and they primarily aim to achieve justice, which is essential. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Okay, well, there we go. Well, that was uh, absolutely uh, fascinating, um, Dr. Hafer. Thank you so much um, for that. Um, very clear and uh, insightful analysis of the fundamental differences between these different understandings of, of reality. And I think um, that's often not explored, is it? We often get a surface kind of argument about individual laws or individual uh, views about, say, inheritance or this or that. But you're looking deeper at the, uh, the fundamental understandings of these two paradigms and saying, you know, that they're not necessarily compatible. No, not at all. And uh, actually, uh, it came uh, uh, from a, a, a long and uh, uh, experience of teaching uh, gender in Islam, and then later on teaching feminism. Uh, and then, while doing that, I discovered uh, the contradictions between the traditional Islamic perspectives on uh, f uh, female-male relationship and, of course, the feminist uh, one. And then I, I became even more interested in uh, Islamic feminism. And I, you know, after again uh, long experience, uh, long uh, studies of the movement, I discovered that really uh, the label is uh, or the adjective is Islamic, but it is not really in reality. Uh, on the outside, um, on the outside of the tin, it has the word Islam, but inside the tin, it's indeed. not. Islamic. Um, yeah. what, what I'm interested, in, you're, you're um, the honorary senior lecturer at the University of Birmingham. Obviously, a distinguished scholar. You, you've, you've written. I haven't mentioned, by the way, all your books and periodicals and articles and chapters of books that you contribute to. It's a very long list and. Uh, and, uh, and if people look you up on the University of Birmingham uh, website, they'll see all your qualifications, uh, and uh, uh, which are quite very extensive. But my, my reason for mentioning all that is, when, when you express your um, understandings and concerns to your colleagues, presumably at the University of Exeter, and, uh, uh, Birmingham, I mean, in other contexts in the West, how, do they listen to you? Do they under, is there an attempt to understand how Muslim women actually live their lives and experience the Sunnah, or they really so blinkered now that you you are pessimistic about any uh, any dialogue and any uh, advancing understanding of the issues? Yeah, it's very very difficult. Of course, um, um, you have uh, uh, students from uh, different backgrounds, and I guess. Uh, 
some, not all, some of uh, Muslim women tend to understand that and to appreciate that. Others who are very much uh, uh, have uh, uh, secular premises would mm. not uh, appreciate that. Um, I think some Christians and, and Jewish, they do. Uh, few, not much, anyway. Uh, I guess those a Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian students who have uh, Judeo-Christian heritage, um, uh, background and premises, they might sort of appreciate that, and the same with Muslim women. But those, whether Muslims or Christians and Jews with secular premises, mm -hmm. they do not appreciate that, uh, and definitely they don't accept uh, uh, and I, I guess uh, uh, secular feminists um, uh, like Nawal Saadawi, Fatima Manisi, uh, and the like, and, uh, and Islamic feminists like Mawdoudi, uh, Esma Balas, and Rafat Hassan, they would not as well um, accept my approach, definitely. They would say this is a conservative approach, and et cetera, et cetera. But I, uh, I, I think I think the traditional Islamic perspective to gender issues is essential, and it's in the interest of um, uh, Muslim women to follow that. Mm -hmm. uh, the it's not patriarchy at all; it's hierarchy, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So yeah. yeah, I mean, you need to have when you you know in a family you have to have. You know what I mean? You have to have a hierarchy exactly yeah. in the state. So it's they are confusing again patriarchy with hierarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, right? And Islam is not a patriarch, it's not advocating uh, patriarchal uh, family structure. It's actually there is a hierarchy, which of course you need to, in order, you know, to look after the family. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it's essential to make a difference between these two concepts as well. Uh, just my final question, if I may. Um, I mentioned earlier in the United Kingdom, and it's, it's well established empirically that most converts to Islam, and they're an increasing number, there's been a huge surge in converts to Islam in Britain. Um, I'm not sure why. Well, I can, I can guess why. There might be some prominent social media personalities who've also converted to Islam, making it much more attractive. But my question really is, why do you think so many women, uh, particularly in our postmodern feminist culture, are embracing Islam in the United Kingdom? Uh, I guess it is to do with uh, spiritual fulfillment. The spiritual side of Islam is really very uh, rich and uh, uh, it's very positive in one way or another toward uh, women as well. Uh, there's absolute, for example, equality uh, between men and uh, women when it comes to the relationship between uh, men and women and the ultimate reality. Yeah. And uh, there is emphasis on as well a sacred role of uh, female, particularly in the family uh, in comparison with with modern role of women in family or in society and that what attracts them uh, uh, in my opinion so the spiritual side is essential uh, yeah. and maybe maybe social uh, 
uh, issues within the context of Islam, the, um, uh, the strong uh, family relationship and the relationship uh, uh, within the community, all these are crucial because women do need um, families, do, do need in one way or another uh, protection, not in a degrading way as is portrayed within the context of feminism, but in terms of, you know, sort of uh, nice uh, family, strong relationship, protecting each other, helping each other, being uh, 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 with you or with me in time of difficulties and in times of prosperity. So these, these I, th I think, issues have in one way or another encouraged Muslim women particularly to embrace Islam. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, if I ask you one more question, so I said that was the last question. I've now got another last question. Sorry. Um, what do you? I always ask my um, distinguished uh, guests, such as yourself, this question. Uh, at least I try and remember to. Um, what are you working on at the moment in terms of of, of uh, uh, academic work and book production? Uh, well, um, <clears throat> there's a, a book in the pipeline, but uh, it's. Um, it's on female spirituality in Islam right. uh, uh, by taking, of course, uh, um, case studies. Uh, 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 but so so uh, that will be probably um, a co-authored uh, uh, book. Uh, uh, but I have just finished uh, a paper which will be discussed uh, in uh, in a conference in uh, Paris in May uh, on the universal principles uh, of the Quran with right. emphasis on gender issues in Islam, mm -hmm. uh, trying to stress that the tr traditional Islamic uh, model of gender relations is really in reality a universal one. It mm -hmm. suits everyone, uh, right? And of course, I argue uh, uh, in favor of it against secular and Islamic feminism. Right. Oh, excellent. Uh, well, well um, I'll try and put uh, some links in the description below to, to your work uh, so people can follow up um, and, and read your um, uh, excellent work. So thank you very much indeed, uh, Dr. Hafer Jawad, for your time. I think you're in Jordan at the moment. Is that right? Is that where you're? Yes, I am. Yes, I, I have uh, a research paper uh, uh, to work on. Excellent. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time. Really appreciate it. And um, maybe, inshallah, we will talk again. Till next time. Thank Pleasure. You. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.